0: And we're going to pick up on a series I started two Sundays ago that the Lord put on my heart that it was so important that we revisit this subject matter because it is so, it will make or break your life in Christ. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever watched The Voice. Anybody in here ever watched The Voice? Okay, got hands everywhere. Uh, Where out in the audience here where you'd be sitting there would be four judges chairs and those chairs are with their backs facing the the platform and people would come out uh, uh, contestants would come out and they the judges would not get to see them would not see how tall they are or how short they are, wouldn't see whether they're male or female, anything. They just go by the sound, their voice. And, uh, and they would sing, and, and they're singing in such a way with passion and all of their practice so that they can get at least one of those judges to hit the button on their chair, and their chair spin around, meaning that they're going to claim them. They want to be their coach. They want to be uh, you know, received in that way, otherwise... They've just had their few minutes of, of fame and glory and they leave the stage and it's over. So you see in the background uh, behind the stage, there's parents and there's spouses and so forth that are cheering on them on. Somebody hit the button, hit the button. And there's some that come out with such a voice that this sound captures all four judges. And sometimes all four of them spin their chairs around and then they start vying and trying to convince the contestant to pick them as 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 their coach, pick them. And it's all saying we don't want to go by anything else but the sound that we hear. So it was called the voice. Well, I've changed it, uh, and I'm talking about your voice. Your voice, and this is part two. And your voice, let me tell you what, your turnaround is voice activated. Your breakthrough is voice activated. Your promotion is voice activated. You need to understand, and I pray before you leave here in the next moments or two, that you will get a deeper understanding of just how powerful your voice is. Father God, we come to You. Lord, as we come to study Your Word, Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the life-changing effect it is going to have on us today, Lord God. And Lord, as we study Your Word, Holy Spirit, You wrote this Word, Spirit of the living God, You, the author... Present here, we welcome you. Minister your word, work your word in us and through us in such a way that it would bring supernatural change for your glory and for your honor. So, as we dedicate ourselves to studying your word, Lord God, we want to be changed by your word from glory to glory. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 In Acts 2 and 2, God says, This is how I'm going to birth my church. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we're talking about everything that is to bring us victory here on earth. We're talking about the victory that God would have us and the power provided for that. And as Jesus promised that, He said, Tarry in Jerusalem until you've been endued from on high with power. And then in Acts 2 and 2, it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven that God began the birthing of His church just like He created this world. If you remember in the beginning, there was this, vo- this earth was void, it was empty, it was darkness covered this earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over that, and God said, a sound came from heaven, let there be light, and the Spirit of God took the Word and the Spirit and brought it to manifest. Well now the Spirit of God has come to dwell in us for we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we know here as God birthed His church He did it just like He did in mirror reflection in creating this world and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And I'm here to tell you sound has a way of affecting things. This is how God has created it. Even though in the unseen realm you can't see it with your natural eyes, uh, sound can break glass. And we probably, all of us in here have watched a YouTube video or seen it on television or heard about it or read about it, that you can hit a certain pitch and it will cause glass to shatter. It will break glass. But I'm here to tell you this morning as well that sound can break open the heavens and can do harm into the kingdom of darkness and release good from the kingdom of light in our lives. Now sound is a vibration in the air, a moving back and forth, a vibration in the air that stimulates the auditory nerves and it produces the sensation of hearing. So when you hear, it is the result that sound is there. Sound changed the environment, and that vibration took place, that moving back and forth took place so that it moved upon your auditory nerves so that you could hear. This moving back and forth, this vibration, is the same word we find in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, where the Bible says we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And this word wrestle, if you'll study it in the Greek original language, it it gives us the picture of vibration, of a moving back and forth. So we wrestle or we we vibrate not against flesh and blood so it's not about our verbal fight one with another, but it's about our verbal fight against principalities and against powers and against these rulers of darkness of this age and against spiritual hosts of, of wickedness in heavenly places. We have to use our voice. We have to vibrate. We have to make the sound against what the devil is doing rather than in agreement with what the devil is doing so I say to you today it's time for a checkup we're on June 11th June 11th 2017 we're almost halfway through 2017 and it's time for a checkup when you go to the doctor the doctor is going to take that little wooden stick and and they're going to take you and the depressor you know and they're gonna say open your mouth stick out your tongue and say what Ah. come on and say what ah This was my patient from last week. Boy, he was quite a character. Say, ah. Ah. See, your tongue says so much more about you than you realize. It is one of the most informational or informative muscles in the body. You can easily diagnose different health problems if you learn to, to read the tongue correctly. Uh, That's why your doctor always wants to open your mouth and wants to look at your tongue. uh, Because uh, they do that because they're gaining information about your health. It's a preliminary study, but they can see so much of what's going on. See, a swollen or inflamed tongue may indicate you've got nutritional deficiency. Maybe vitamin B uh, you're lacking, or there may be too many toxins in the body. Uh, Ulcers on the tongue show that there's been fever, or you may have fever. They'll look at the tip of your tongue and it provides information about your small intestines. Can you imagine that you're looking at your small intestines by looking at the tip of your tongue or it can show some things about your heart? Red dots, they say these red little dots on the tip of the tongue can be a sign of anxiety or stress. And I know some of you are going to go home and you're going to look in the magnified mirror with the light on it. Let me tell you, be prepared. It will will scare you, okay? Because that tongue looks like a creature from outer space when you magnify it. Uh huh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, It can also indicate uh, other uh, problems by studying the tip of the tongue. They can look behind the tongue. That's why, you know, that where it makes you almost want to go, you know, they're like, don't touch me back there. But they want to look back there because it lets them see what's going on in the immune system and the respiratory system. Red dots and, and, and a little redness there indicate could indicate respiratory infection. They'll look at the left side of your tongue, the right side of your tongue, signifying conditions of your liver. Isn't that something? They can tell what's going on in your liver by looking at the t- side of the tongue. Uh, it, it's just amazing. So that's why they say, open your mouth and say, ah, because they're trying to d- uh, see what's going on inside of you. Well, did you know the same is more true, not just true in parallel, but more true with the tongue in, in what we say, the sound that we make with our tongue. The Bible talks about we can activate and perpetuate curses or blessings with the power of our tongue. Your tongue has so much power that it can activate and perpetuate curses or blessings. Now I want us to get an understanding of Jesus' teaching on this so that we can go into this week and we can literally be used by God to bring heaven on earth by the power of our tongue. Because your voice is what you need to be focused on because it's going to make or break you. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus tells us a parable. And in this parable, He tells us that a tree is known by its fruit. Now, I'm going to change that, and I'm going to say a tree is what he's teaching because of the context of it. He is really teaching us that a tree is known by its words. A tree is known by its words because he's using this parallel of a tree and its fruit. He says in verse 33, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. If we stop right there, we would think this was an agricultural lesson and that, that we get an understanding if we go up there and there are cherries hanging off of that tree. It's a cherry tree. But it's not his, uh, the end of his teaching. It's really just the beginning, the platform of what he really wants us to understand. So he goes on in verse 34: You brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? So you see what Jesus is using here? He's using a tree known by its fruit. Now he said, now let's look at this deeper. How is it that you can speak good things? For out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. And a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. In other words, Jesus is saying, there's a part of your life you can't blame God, and you can't blame the devil. You've got to take responsibility, because a judgment is coming for good or bad, a judgment or condemnation is coming to whether promotion or you're going to be demoted by the words of your mouth you're going to be justified or you're going to be condemned by the words of your mouth. So words are so very important to us. They, are, they, they bring life or death. So the first point I want to make is Jesus in this teaching is showing us that words work like seeds. He wants us to understand that. He wants us to understand that when we speak a word, it's like sowing a seed, okay? So whatever is in the seed it must produce after its own kind. An apple seed produces an apple. Apple seed produces an apple tree that produces apples. A banana seed produces a banana tree that produces bananas. And words like seeds produce after their own kind. Jesus wants you to understand that. So you may say something bad. You may say something negative and don't see the immediate result of it and think you got by with it. Let me tell you what. It's like a seed. It may not yet be the tree and it may not yet be the fruit but Jesus says you're going to be judged you're going to be uh, either uh, validated and blessed or you're going to receive curses by the words that you speak so Jesus goes on in this same frame of mind and he says this is how my kingdom works I want you to understand how my kingdom works so that you can work in my kingdom that's why you should pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know I massage this in all the time, but it is a truth that is so bedrock that if we miss it or the, and I know the enemy's always fighting it because he doesn't want us to stay on this this truth that uh, so that the kingdom of heaven is not being manifested through our lives. So I have to keep coming back to this over and over as Jesus did. Now here in Matthew 13, Jesus says that he spoke these things to them in parables saying, Behold, a sower or a farmer went out to sow. Or someone, let's make our parallel, someone who's speaking words. So behold, a sower went out to sow and he sowed seeds. Some fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured it. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But then the sun was up and scorched them. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on the ground, good ground, and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Sound, your voice will make the difference. Then the disciples said, well, Jesus, uh, we don't quite understand what you're saying here. And Jesus said this, if you don't understand this parable right here, he says, you're not going to understand any of the others. You're not going to understand my kingdom. You're not going to understand how to walk and work and live in my kingdom. So you've got to get this parable. So he takes the time and he explains this to them. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside." So when you hear the sound of God, you hear the sound of the kingdom, but you don't understand the sound, which means you're not, going to, you're not going to duplicate that sound. You're not going to carry on that sound because you don't understand that sound. The enemy is going to come and steal what that sound is bringing you. That sound, the Word of God is bringing you help. that is bringing you deliverance, is bringing you salvation, is bringing you promotion, is bringing you empowerment, is bringing you joy, is bringing you peace, is bringing you healing, all of these things but if you don't understand it, you don't understand the sound and and copy the sound because we're created in the image of God just as the moon reflects the, the sun, we are to reflect what God is saying in heaven on earth. So if we don't understand it, we don't reflect it, the enemy steals it and it does not come to pass. But then he goes on to say, but he who received the seed on stony ground, uh, the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for only a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now I know in the beginning of my ministry, when I met these folks that would immediately say, that's the word. I received the word. I'd get all excited. But I have learned that maturity is that we must not only mature physically, but we have to mature in the Word. We have to hold on to the Word. We have to work the Word when it doesn't look like the Word is working because we know the Word is working and it will work itself out. I guarantee you we got to believe whether persecution, whether trials, whether what we're believing for, we're getting just the opposite. We're trying to believe to go forward, but everything's going backwards. we got to stick with the Word, whether it looks like it's working or not, because we have faith to believe that God is not a man that He should lie. And then you will find the word will turn it around and bring forth the manifest of it. So this is those that just want to believe that easy. Oh, I want to believe it? Yes, amen, let it happen before I get home. Jesus said it doesn't work that way. He said, remember the farmer, the seed starts as a seed. The seed then goes into good soil, and if it goes into good soil, it will bring forth the fruit. How many of you know it's going to take patience it's going to take patience in seeing it come to pass. Does anybody have a situation in your life right now where you're having to be patient for your breakthrough? You're having to be patient for your promotion. You're having to be patient for the manifest of what you're believing for. We got we got double hands here. We got double hands. We got a lot of double hands up. Okay, double patience. Hallelujah. Now he goes on in verse 21 and he said, "Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word." And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. That's the person that does not want to die to themselves. They don't want to turn their back on the kingdom of this world and and, and, and surrendering to the Lord of lords for the kingdom of heaven. What What they try to do is a compromise. They said, I'll hold on to what I have. I'll still uh, cheat a little, fudge a little, you know, whatever it takes. Throw integrity aside a little. Whatever it takes to make it happen, I'll still hold on to that. But I'm still wanting God to come in and change things. He says, it doesn't work that way. It'll choke out the seed and the seed will never produce. But verse 23 says, he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word receives that sound, hears the word, and and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. When you understand what you hear, you're going to be affected by what you hear rather than what you see. Let me say that again. When you understand what you hear from God, you're going to stand in faith to walk in what you hear rather than what you see. Because what you hear has more power over what than what you see. What you see can be changed by what you hear if you will hold on to what you hear and then become that reflective uh, instrument of righteousness that reflects it into this world, praying, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth. So we're bringing what we hear from heaven onto earth because we hear it as the sound. Now we have to make that same sound. That's why your voice is so important. The kingdom of God on earth is voice-activated. So words work like seeds. You say them, and it's sowing the seed. You may not see the fruit of that uh, immediately. More than likely, you will not. It is like you plant that seed, you water that seed, you nourish that seed. Any uh, weed comes up, you remove that seed by what you say. You remove that doubt by what you say. You keep speaking over it, and let me tell you what, it will come to pass. I had a minister drive up when I was first uh, on the property here. And I was probably, it was before I was married, so I was probably in my second or third year. And I was cutting the grass on the property here. And uh, he pulled up, and he didn't even get out with his air conditioning blowing. And he was at a, a, a nice, nice church, you might would say, uh, somewhere in town here. And he pulls up here, and he says, hey, come here. And I walked over, and he says, you're the pastor. I said, yeah. He says, well, I say to you right now, you will never, ever succeed as a pastor here with you out here cutting the grass. And I said, why is that? And he says, because you got to get the folks to take ownership. You got to get the folks doing all the work. You got to make them do the work. You're the pastor. You got to be in there praying and getting the word. I said, I'm praying right now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> This property has gone up and down. I'm claiming it right now by the soles of my feet. Wherever the soles of your feet shall tread, you shall claim that. I don't want somebody else claiming it. I'm claiming it. And he said, just wait and see. And he had his head up. Just wait and see. And he drove off. It's unfortunate he's not even in the ministry today. That church is shut down pretty much. And, uh, you know, that's unfortunate. But thank God, 25 years later, we continue to grow and we continue to go forward. Because a different sound came to me. And I would not accept that sound. I had heard that this church had had problems. I'd heard that it was hard to have a pastor here because there wasn't enough people to support the pastor and, and, and the facilities had really gotten to a place that needed some financial infusion and nobody was really a, in a position to make that. And I'd heard that this property would be better off used for a development and I'd heard. But every time I'd hear that I would override it with what I heard God say when I lo- uh, cut the locks off. He said, don't lock these doors here again. I'm not done here. And I would say, the work of the Lord is not done here. And people would laugh at me and they would say, how in the world? Because I don't know if any of you knew but the toilet in the, in the septic systems that were here they were not draining. The drain lines were all grown up. And I would have to go with a two and a half gallon bucket and dip down the septic tank for the church on Sunday morning early to get it low enough that the toilets would flush for the a number of people I was believing God to come. And then I'd go scrub with my lye soap so I wouldn't smell like what I was into. Okay. And when I was dipping it, the devil would say, yes, God said that he's going to do a work here. Right. And he would just really, he has a way, he has a way of of putting his punch in. And I remember over the stench and over the embarrassment of what I was doing, I said, what I do, I do in the name of the Lord. There's people coming here, there's lives going to be changed, and there's sons and daughters that are going to be born into the kingdom of God. And while I'm dipping, I would declare the sound that I heard that was different from what I was seeing. I'm here to tell you today, you've got to understand words work like seeds and you've got to stick with it. You've got to say what God is saying in spite of what you're seeing and if you'll do that long enough, you will get a harvest of what God has said. Hallelujah. The second thing that ties right into this is words are a powerful force. Your words are a powerful force. And that powerful force can be for good or it can be for bad. It can be for positive or it can be for negative. You can take the same dynamite and you can open up, take the stumps out, blow them up and open up new land to farm on. I've done it. I've been a part of it. Or you could take that dynamite and blow up the whole farm and the tractors and everything and lose your livelihood. It's how you use that dynamite. And the same is so with your tongue. Your words are powerful and they are a powerful force and they will either bring life or death. They will bring blessing or curses. Jesus teaches us that one speaks out of the treasure of one's heart. So instead of going and putting a a, a, a lease on your tongue, what you need to do is have some heart surgery. That's taking place. Do you see what I'm saying? Because what is deposited in your heart, that is what is going to come out of your mouth. If you say, well, I just can't get a hold of my tongue. It's just negative. That means you got negative deposited in your heart. Well, I just can't get faith. I just can't speak faith consistently because there's doubt in your heart. So this becomes a heart issue that is manifested through your words by which you're going to be judged for every idle word that comes out of your mouth. I remember a time uh, we had a playground and it was a wooden playground and it was beautiful in its day but the weather and the years had really uh, taken its toll on it. And the kids didn't want to play on it anymore because it just had had its time. And it was made out of cedar, and it had 153,000 bolts, nuts, and washers, and it all rusted, and, and Townsend was going to help uh, uh, disassemble that. And uh, uh, so we get the skill saw out, and we get the reciprocal saw out, and, and I tell him, I say, now this saw does not have a conscience. This saw would just as soon cut your hand off, cut your finger off as it would cut that that wood. It doesn't care because it has no conscience. You've got to understand the power that this saw has and you've got to respect it. Don't be careless with it because the moment you're careless, the moment you're careless, you've just lost a finger. You've just lost a a hand. You've just cut yourself open and going to need many, many stitches. So you must always, if it is plugged in, if you must always be respectful of the power that it holds to do good or to do bad. Well, your tongue is the same way. Your tongue, you should look at your tongue as that of a chainsaw. That A chainsaw, are you just going to go around playing with a chainsaw and and, and let it just cut and do anything it wants? No, you're going to be very careful with it. You need to be very careful with the words that you speak because the words that you speak can do more damage to you than a chainsaw can do to you. The words that you speak can affect not only your physical, but it can affect your eternity as well. And we must learn that life and death are in the power of the tongue. He tells us that in Proverbs 18, 21. He does not want us to be careless with our words which comes out of our heart and that which has been deposited there. So that's why it's good to be here on a Sunday morning where we're getting the deposit of the Word of God anointed by the Spirit of God in our heart. But then we have the responsibility to meditate on the Word of God day and night, that we we are to take what God says over what the world says, what God says over what the devil says, what God says over what tradition says, and say, I'm going to stick with God, and I'm going to say what God says. I'm going to be diligent, and I'm going to be focused on letting God's word go forth to bring forth the, the, the seed that, of what goes forth into fruition in my life. Amen. And you must understand, that just to change the sound today is not going to bring immediate results more, more than likely. Because God says, this is how my kingdom works. Now, God can do creative miracles. God can do anything He wants to do. But He's talking about the lifestyle of a son and daughter of God. And, and how we usher in the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And we must understand that uh, our words are like seed and in a different mindset of how James said it in James 3 and 6, he said the tongue sets a fire, sets on fire the course of nature. So the tongue sets on fire the course of nature. So the way things are going to happen in the future are going to happen based on what you set on fire right now with your tongue. So your tongue can blaze a good trail or your tongue can blaze a bad trail. And let me tell you what, Satan tries to get you to speak contrary to God's word. And he's so subtle that he'll get you to speak God's word with a twist. With a twist. Anybody want to twist with me? I'm going to say it again and you twist me. He wants you to speak God's word with a twist. Ah, that's good. (laughs) With a twist. That's how he did with Jesus. So he's not going to come to you and blatantly try to get you to curse God or, or to uh, blatantly uh, disagree with God's word. He wants to twist it just a little bit. I remember growing up, I grew up, and mom, you know, I picked at you and joked on you and, and helped you, and you've helped me so much, but, and she's going to be watching this. But, but mom and my family uh, grew up, and, and, and it was always we were too poor. We were poor. Now I think back, we had plenty of food, we had good clothes, we had a small house, but it was a clean house. We had a boat, we had a camper, we had two vehicles, we weren't that poor. I mean, uh, come on now. And uh, But we always heard, we, we can't afford that, we can't afford that, we can't afford that. Mom, what about, we can't afford that. Dad, what, we can't afford that. Well, well what about that? we can't afford that. Well, I did not even tell you what it was. It was only, Actually, they're going to pay me to take it, we can't afford that, because there's upkeep with it. Okay, can't afford that. So I grew up with this poverty mentality that we can't afford anything. And, uh, you know, and, and if we can just barely get by, praise God. You know, thank God we've got a roof over our head. And, uh, and folks would say, yeah, yeah, uh, because you don't have enough, it'll keep you humble. And, uh, well, I, I was fighting the spirit of greed and the spirit of jealousy because I didn't have. And all my friends had, and it's like everybody else seemed to be more blessed. And why are we the cursed ones, you know? So I had the wrong mindset. And I remember, can't afford that, can't afford that, can't afford that. And then today, the Lord got me, and He took me to Deuteronomy 28, 48. And He said, I want you to read this. And He said, the sign of the curse of poverty would be you'll be hungry, you'll be thirsty, you'll be naked, and you'll be in want of all things. That's the sign. That's the sign of poverty. Right there. And then He takes me to Jesus, where Jesus is hanging on the cross and says, I thirst. Why did He say that? He's letting us know He's taking out something right now. While Jesus was hanging there, He was naked because the guards were gambling for His clothes there on the ground. Why is it letting me know that Jesus is naked on the cross? Because He's taking something out. And there He was hungry. And when they took Him off of the cross, the Bible says that He had no place of His own. He had no property. He had nothing. And He was placed in a borrowed tomb. Why did the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Creator of heaven and earth allow those things to take place? Because He was letting you and me know that he was taking head on that spirit of poverty. He was canceling the spirit of poverty and that we who placed our faith in him now he would meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory and he who was rich became poor that we who are poor might be made rich in Christ Jesus that there's a godly prosperity and I'm not talking about a worldly prosperity where somebody's trying to get over on somebody else. I'm talking about a more than enough existence in serving God to advance his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven and now that was taken over so he showed me that and even though I saw it until I began to say it things didn't change but the day came God says when are you gonna say what I say So then I begin to say what he said. And I begin to say the curse of poverty is broken over this Lambert bloodline. That my children and my children's children and the generations to come will never know poverty. They will never know lack. They will never know because our God is our provider. And David said I've been young and I've been old and I've never seen the seed of God. uh, The righteous ones uh, begging of bread. I'm telling you what, we have an inheritance that is ours but it is voice activated. you got to claim it. you got to say it. That had to get deposited in my heart for me to now say if God wants it done, the dollar amount doesn't mean anything. If God's called you to do it, you shouldn't be looking at the numbers. You should be looking at God and His miraculous provision and Him guiding your step and Him helping you make a way where there seems to be no way. Now that's just poverty. He did the same thing with sickness and disease. Come on now. Because I remember oh. Oh my goodness i was so i would out taught my sound and i didn't even think i didn't even realize i was doing it my sound had to outdo your sound so if you said i've got a ringing ear i would say well my ringing in my ear sounds like this and i tried to do the highest pitch i could louder than you could so my my ringing in my ear was louder than yours And you talk about you had digestive problems. Well, I would tell you how curled up on the floor in so much pain that I couldn't even go to work, that I couldn't even get up and get dressed because of the pain. And I would tell you how bad mine was. And then you talk about your feet hurt. Well, let me tell you what. I was talking to a lady once and she said, I got gout, the doctor said. And gout hurts so bad. I said, but what I got, I don't know what it is. They can't figure it out. But it hurts worse than what you got. Can you believe that? My sound had to be bigger than their sound. And the Lord took me and He says, what are you doing? Because I was getting sicker and sicker and I was talking about my problems. It was almost like my identity was my sickness. My identity was what the doctors were saying or not saying. My identity was my lack and my limitation. Can you imagine that? And I was caught up in that but the Lord took me and He said, look here. He says, I allowed my son, Jesus, your your Savior, He said He was tied to a whipping post and those cat of nine tails of glass and bone was ripped around His ribs and tore off the flesh off of His back and off of His stomach and beat Him and beat Him and beat Him and And He says, so that by His stripes we could come head on head with this spirit of infirmity and cancel that sin and that disease and by his stripes you are healed. And then he took me over here to where Peter said, I need you to be reminded that by his stripes you were healed. It's a done deal. Quit talking your sickness. Quit talking your pain. Quit talking what's wrong with you and start talking what's right with you. And I begin to say, I will walk pain-free. I will live pain-free. I will walk and talk and I will speak of the healing virtue of Christ and this was 14 years ago a little over actually 14 years ago the healing roots came about because of this revelation I got 15 years ago so 15 years ago I come up out of just like a snake uh, sheds its skin like a turtle would shed its uh, uh, shell it it, is you know going uh, the crab shedding going to the next level I shed that old mindset I shed it and I said I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord I will walk pain-free. I will live pain-free. Every plan of the devil that comes against me, I turn it back on him in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood. I resist and rebuke every spirit of infirmity. And you know what? It did not change for me overnight. I would love to tell you, I prayed for people and seen supernatural manifestations of healing. Bam, right there. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. I've received some supernatural deliverance just like that. But this issue that I'm talking about and the poverty issue I'm talking about I had to get this understanding of this is how the kingdom works. And I refuse to live under the other kingdom. I'm wrestling. I'm, I'm, I'm vibrating. I'm wrestling. I'm making a sound. I'm The back and forth. I'm wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and high places. You're not going to hold me in a prison that Jesus died to set me free from. You're not going to hold me back when Jesus gave everything to promote me forward. Come on now. And I began to say it and people would laugh at me. and I'd, I'd, walk and I'd I like oh my! I would walk. I don't even remember how I'd walk, but that's, that's so back behind. But at say twenty two, I was in more pain. I lived with such limitation than I do at 52. At 52, there's not a pain in my body. At 52, everything the devil brings against me now, I say, you got to go in Jesus' name. And that thing doesn't wait. It's got to go. Everything's changed. In 30 years, everything's changed. How did it change? Because I began to participate with how the kingdom of God works. I got an understanding of how the kingdom of God works. And I sow the seed of my words, and I nurture the seed of my words, and I, I water them and I fertilize them and I keep speaking them and if I see the opposite I laugh I say oh but in time you're going down oh but in time I know that what I'm saying from God's word is going to right the wrong is going to turn this thing around I'm going to stick with God he's not a man that he should lie so I'm going to stick with God man has lied to me the devil has lied to me but God has never lied to me so I'm going to stick with God hallelujah so I'm just encouraging you that you and I need to understand that we need to use our voice and we need to, from the abundance of our heart, begin to override the situations of our life with the Word of God consistently so that we can then consistently experience the promise of God. Hallelujah. Anybody ever had the up and down? The up and down? The kingdom don't work that way. You're just trying to survive. You're just trying to survive on a miracle breakthrough. That's why you got to live from revival to revival or conference to conference. Because you're just, you don't want to, you don't want to, to do the work. You see somebody that's all nice and shaped and built like me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm still speaking it by faith. I'm still speaking it by faith. Glory to God. Let me tell you what, that didn't happen by them going to the gym and signing up. That didn't happen by them paying some money at the gym. It takes place when they go every day or every other day and they work this part, that part consistently and they get in alignment with how the body uh, is is maximized and then the body eventually lines up with it. Come on now. We've got to understand how the kingdom of God works and our words have the power, have the power to do that. It was Edmund Burke who said, the only thing necessary for uh, the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Well, you know, I don't have time to go around coming up with crafty new things that that, that somehow or another are poetic. I just see something somebody said and I see a bigger truth and I take it as my quote. So my quote says, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men or women to say nothing because there's more power in what you say than what you do. There's more power in what you say than what you do. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not this physical. It's what we say, what we vibrate, what we we fight against, the spiritual realm. Amen. So I I want you to use your voice to activate the power, the promise, and the provision of God. I want you to use your voice to activate the power and the promises and the provision of God. You can't use my voice. I'm telling you, my voice can encourage you, but my voice is for me. My voice is for me and to be used to encourage you so that you realize you got to use your voice. Your voice. Jesus said, remember when the centurion came to Jesus and said, you know, you don't have to come to my house. All you got to do is say something. And Jesus says, "You got more faith than all of Israel." All oh, that is what I'm talking about. He said, "You get it. You get it." He said, "Go home. Your servant has been made whole." He said, "I." He said, "I'm a man of authority. I understand authority. When I say something, when I say come, when I say go, that's what happens." So Jesus, I understand. You're a man of authority. You're King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Would you say? that my servant be healed. You don't even need to have the trouble to come to my house. And Jesus said, you get it. You get it. That's why Jesus said, you got to speak to your mountain. Be cast into the sea. That sycamore tree says, you got to speak to it, and it'll be uprooted by the roots and cast out of your way. But you've got to say something. It is voice activated. Oh, I pray that you would understand that it's voice activated not for a one-time show, but this is the way you need to change the way you talk. you got to change the way you talk. You can't I'm believing God for a miracle and then go out here and say I don't know how it's going to happen I just can't figure out I don't know it. maybe it won't maybe it will you've got to say I'm lining my word up with God and I'm going to stick to that you have got to crucify yourself your flesh will try to get you in trouble because that flesh will listen to the uh, manipulation of Satan Satan knows how to manipulate the flesh so if you walk by the flesh you will be manipulated by the forces of hell let me tell you what we got to walk in the spirit we got to walk in the spirit we got to say Holy Spirit I hear what you're saying. Holy Spirit, you wrote it down so I can read it, and you've given me the ability to read it and speak it and to declare it and to walk in it. I'm here to tell you everything for the past, I would say, 20 plus years of my life that has gone right has been declared first. Uh, the family, they joke me all the time. They said. You know, when they want something. When they want something, they say, Daddy, 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 or you know, you, you need to say it. You speak it because if it, you say it, it's going to happen. And I say, well, the same power and authority I have you have over your life. You've got to learn to speak it. Now they do. And let me tell you what. We're a blessed family not so much that because we, we're smarter than anybody else. It's not so much that we are born with a silver spoon in our mouth, which that wasn't the case. It's because we've learned how to cooperate with the kingdom of God. We've learned when Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, that He really wants heaven on earth. He really wants kingdom working here on earth. So what we've learned to do, and we're not perfect at it, I can promise you that, but I shouldn't even say that other than to let you know we're still maturing. We're still learning. Okay, we're still moving in the right direction because we still catch ourselves sometimes. I catch myself sometimes. And I have to stop and I have to do what any person that would humble themselves before God would do. I repent. I repent. I know those words I said were seed, and I need those seeds canceled. I don't need that harvest. I don't need what it's bringing. And if I said it to someone, I'll go and repent to them as well and say, forgive me. What I said was incorrect. What I said did not line up with the Word of God. What I said was not Holy Spirit inspired. What I said was from my history or my momentary you leaning on the flesh forgive me and they're like oh pastor it wasn't that big a deal it was a big deal if I've said something that is not ushering in the kingdom of God, rather it is giving nourishment to the kingdom of darkness. I want to be about destroying the works of the devil. And if Jesus came and destroyed the works of the devil, and I'm to be doing what he did, I'm to celebrate and continue the victory that we have over the enemy. Not co- coordinating with him and letting him use my mouth. Let me tell you what, your voice is so powerful. Your voice. That's why the Bible says a man of many words, how does the rest of it go? Is sure to sin. Did you know the proverb says that? A man of many words is sure to sin. And when you study that in its Hebrew context, it says a man who has an unguarded tongue and it doesn't mean necessarily the gender of a man, but mankind who has an unguarded tongue, the devil's going to surely take a weakness and cause you to say something that's going to bring judgment on you. Oh God, by your Spirit, set a guard about our lips. Does that sound like a psalm to you? And a proverb. Set a guard about my lips, that which, that which I would speak, would be glorifying to you. So I ask the question without the response of raised hands. Just a big smile. Can you see where you've been guilty? In 2017, in these five, going on six short months, can you see where you've participated with the kingdom of darkness? Where maybe you have sown some seed, you didn't want to say so You didn't realize you were so and you were, You were deceived or you were duped or you were uh, beguiled. Remember, Satan beguiled Eve, which means caused her to forget who she was. He caused you to forget who you are. You're a walking, talking son and daughter of the Most High God, an ambassador of the kingdom of God. You're an ambassador here on earth, so what you say here the King backs up from there. When you say what is His will. When you don't say His will, you may be brought up for charges of treason. So we must, we must say, God help me to see the importance of my voice. The sound, the vibration that comes forth out of my lips. That goes into this unseen arena and causes hearing that will bring forth fruit after its kind. And maybe we need to ask God for forgiveness today. Don't be too proud to ask God for forgiveness, to repent. Repentance, I believe, brings great joy to the Father's heart. When the prodigal son repented and he turned and he went, back to the father's house rather than running from him. He ran to him. The father met him and said, My son who was dead, he was dead. He was dead. Dead to me. But because of repentance, a supernatural work from heaven took place and now has reborn and brought him back as a son. Maybe you need to repent today for things you've said, things you've done, things you've failed to do. Don't be too proud. The Father's waiting. You'll come back to Him and make it right. He'll empower you. He'll strengthen you. He'll celebrate you. So let the Spirit of God guide you in the way you should go. Let's stand together. Fathers, we stand in Your presence and close here this afternoon with our heads bowed, Lord God. I pray more important than our heads being bowed, that our hearts would be in a posture of true servanthood to you, Jesus. That we right now would declare, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I pray everyone under the sound of my voice, tuning in, television, radio, Facebook Live, looking at this, YouTube, looking at this on the website, out into the foyer, maybe in an overflow room now or even here in this building right now. you Would say, Jesus, I declare, I give you the lordship of my life by surrendering to you right now. Would you surrender your life to him? Jesus, I surrender to you. The devil would say, oh, you did this 10 years ago. You did this five years ago. Tell the devil he's a liar. Tell the devil I don't want to listen to you. I rebuke you, Satan. Because you and I both know that we have struggled in areas where we have failed to give Jesus Lordship. But right now, let's take this opportunity to say, Jesus, I give you all of me. I give you all of me. I repent before you, God. Just say, God, I changed my mind. I hear the truth and the truth sets me free. I hear the truth and I've been saying things I should not say. And I've been failing to say things that I should say. Forgive me, God. And Lord, I ask as you forgive me that you will will help me take your word and to go forth and cancel. Right now, I take your word and I cancel. Every word that I've spoken, every seed that has been sown that is contrary to your will for my life, I cancel it now in Jesus' name. Just as a farmer would plow up that field and say, I don't want this harvest, I plow it under. Lord God, that we would go forth with our words right now and plow under every ill word, every word of doubt, every word of fear, every word that doesn't align itself with your word, we cancel it now. We plow it under now in the name of Jesus. Come on, take this opportunity. Go ahead and take this opportunity. To take care of this business right now. Lord, I cancel it in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I open my heart to you because I know the Word and the Spirit is how you created this world. And the Word that I receive in my heart, I also need you, Holy Spirit, because you can help take this Word through my mouth and bring it forth to manifest of the heavenly creative factor that you have. So Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Go ahead and tell him, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Come into this temple, fill me afresh, fill me new. I don't want to be operating in my wisdom. I want to operate in your wisdom. I don't want to walk in my lack of strength. I want to walk in your fullness of strength. I don't want to walk in man-made righteousness. I want to walk in your righteousness that's provided for me in Christ Jesus. Seal me until the day of redemption. Seal me in this relationship. Seal me in this way, I pray. Holy Spirit. So Jesus, I declare your lordship. I, I repent, Lord God. I've asked you for, to forgive me, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I've you to come and to, and to uh, in, enliven and empower me that I can go into this week this day and this week bringing forth heaven on earth in my life and in the life of those around me by the power of my words thank you Jesus thank you Father thank you Holy Spirit I love you go and just tell the Lord I love you just love on him for a minute say I love you Lord i opened my refrigerator in the back and got a cold water out and there was a a post-it note there from my sweet wife that says i love you and i just had the biggest smile lord i know that that's just a reflection of your heart that when we come to you jesus we come to you father and we come to You, holy spirit we say we love you i love you god that it puts a big smile on your face and on your heart so just tell him lord i Just just from your heart, just say, Lord, I love you. Embrace him now. Lord, I love you. Hallelujah. We have our prayer intercessors quietly just slip to the front. They're going to make themselves available. If any of you need one-on-one prayer, or you want to come and stand instead to be prayed for, for someone else, they're here to pray a prayer of faith with you, a prayer of agreement with you. The Bible says there's power in agreement two or more touch anything on earth it will be done for them in heaven so if you need something that's something that you're stuck at something that's really challenging you you need somebody to stand in agreement with you there's an exponential power that is released in that agreement so they're here they'll pray with you hallelujah so if you need prayer just come just just go ahead and say come I'm coming I'm coming I'm going to take care of this thing right now Lord we're going to give this to you right now Lord we're going to see a breakthrough right now Hallelujah. So, if you need prayer, would you come? Would you come? Father, as they're coming, we just thank you, Lord, that every answer to every prayer that aligns itself up with your will is yes and amen. Hallelujah. So, right now, we just want to thank you in advance for the healing. We want to thank you in advance for the deliverance. We want to thank you in advance, Lord God, for the promotion. We want to thank you in advance, Lord God, for the turnaround. That it's going to take place here, this prayer time right now. We thank you in advance for it. And Lord God, as the rest of us now that are not looking for that individual prayer, we're going with this corporate prayer. Lord, let your faith and let your power and let your anointing and let the spirit of encouragement and the spirit of joy and the spirit of power go with each and every one of us as we go into this week to usher in thy kingdom come, thy will be done in our life as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, love on somebody's neck. Shake somebody's hand. Give somebody a high five as we go into this week in great victory. And for those around the altar, you just come on up if you need prayer. We'll be here for you. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, let it be accomplished.